welcome to this special edition of the podcast where we celebrate women who work across the construction sector. Imagine a gender equal world, a world free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination, a world that's diverse, equitable and inclusive, a world where difference is valued and celebrated. Together, we can forge women's equality. Collectively, we can all break the bias. I'm your host, Anna Scothan, Chief Executive of the National Home Improvement Council. And in this episode, I'm excited to be chatting with Alexandra Bolton, Executive Director at the Centre for Digital Built Britain. Alexandra, hi. Hi, Anna. Thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. And from my introduction, we know that you're currently the Exec Director at the CDBB. How did your career bring you to this point? So I've, I've been so lucky in my career, um, exciting opportunities to take on challenges and to grow have just appeared. Um, I've had a really non-traditional career path. I started out as a chemical engineer, um, working for one of the big oil majors and then moved into the city. And then um, to sit at the interface between industry and academia as a translator um, at the University of Cambridge. And then this amazing opportunity appeared to set up and run the Centre of Digital Built Britain. Um, which is a role that brings together industry and academia and policy. So lots of the things I've done before, but working in the built environment to create this better future for people and the planet. So for me, it ticked all the boxes, working for the greater good and a socio-technical change programme with really cool tech and the most amazing people. I've been so lucky to be involved in such a significant programme. It's been brilliant. And tell us a bit more about the CDBB, because it's something I've I've heard um, about and, and we've spoken to other women who have been connected in with the programme. How did it all get started? It got started back in 2017 as a partnership between um, Bayes, the government department and the University of Cambridge, looking to um, support the adoption and the furtherance of the digital transformation of the built environment. Um, and we're looking at how you can use data and digital twins and building information modeling to it within the built environment, but with a specific purpose of making a better future, better outcomes for people and the planet. And you've mentioned a couple of things there. I'd like to sort of unpick, if I may, digital twins. I think that's a really um, unique term. Um, so if you could explain that one and also uh, BIM. Perfect. So BIM building information modelling, it um, grew out of computer aided design in the 80s. So it's using computers so that we can design and build our buildings and our infrastructure better using the data. So you know what size something is, how it fits in. Um, you can turn them into beautiful um, 3 and 4D models, but actually it's the information that's the important bit. And digital twins are using all the information and data that we have about a thing and it could be a car. Um, so let me give you the example of a Formula One car. We all know that they're brilliant pieces of engineering, yeah. but behind it there's a beautiful cyber version of the car with all the data and the digital information about that car, about how it's running, about how the driver is using it. And not only is there the mechanical team looking after the physical car, there's the cyber team, if you want, looking after the digital car. And the those two, the physical and the cyber linked together, make the digital twin. So as your F1 car is running, they can tweak the fuel system, they can give information to the driver, they can move the, um, the various aspects of the engine to make the car run better. 
And that exact same process works for buildings or roads or trains so that we can make those run better by using the data that we're creating to make our better decisions and then to implement those decisions in the real world. So that's in summary what a digital twin is. Wow. I mean, God, if, if you're into digital and data, what a better con sector to come and work in than construction and to get in on all of this um fantastic design and cyber technology and using data to support performance improvements it's something that you you wouldn't naturally think is because when you think of construction we tend to think of you know putting one brick on top of another or big concrete lorries or something but this is really exciting so i think so too anna i really do and we we tend to have or certainly i did before i moved into this sector a very traditional view of bricks and mortar but yeah. if we're going to meet these big challenges of our day to make sure that um, we get net zero, that we have climate resilience, that we have better social outcomes from the places we live and walk and move through, we've got to look at the data and use that to help us make these better decisions. And some fantastic opportunities um, for careers and to make a real difference by working in the digital space in construction. And for me, it's not just about, I, I mentioned construction, but actually it's the whole life cycle of the asset, not just the designing and building of it, but when you operate it and you maintain it, and ultimately when you dismantle it and maybe even build a new thing, you can make that building, that road run so much better, so much more efficiently, um, giving people much better experiences of using it. And then you learn what you've done while you were running it so that when you build a new one, actually you take those learnings from the one that you've already got. So you know what works well. You can make sure you build it in right from the start next time. Fantastic. Oh, it sounds so exciting. Um, if I may, I want to dive in with quite a big question. This this podcast, um, this series that we're doing is, is about celebrating women across construction. And we kicked it off on International Women's Day on the 8th of March. But there are too many awesome women in construction to do it all in one day. So we're running it throughout the month. Um, are big global campaigns like International Women's Day important? Are they still needed? Yes, I think they are. And I think they always will be because we all need reminding from time to time. We kind of get comfortable with where we are, where we're sitting with the status quo. And these kind of big global campaigns remind us of what we mostly already know, that these things are really important and we just cannot afford to get complacent. And they give us a little nudge to make sure that we're doing better, all of us. And they also allow us to learn from what other people are doing, because there, there are some awesome ideas and some initiatives. If you don't hear about them, you can't learn from them. Why reinvent the wheel when somebody else has already got a brilliant one that you can copy? So I think they are really important. They allow us to listen to other voices and often ones that we might not necessarily get to hear in our day to day lives and then implement really cool solutions or ideas to make things better. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, it gives us a time, it, it gives us a point in the calendar to reflect and think, am I doing enough about supporting women? What can I do more? Because I know when I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking, well, you know, before it, and I was thinking, what is the council going to do for IWD? And I was thinking, well, wouldn't it be cool if there was a, you know, a platform to set? And I thought, hold on a minute. We've got a platform. We can do it. We can celebrate women. And it's it gives you that point in the calendar to reflect and think, what can we do? What are we doing that's awesome? And how can we tell people about that? And what can we be doing better? 
Exactly. And it is about, you know, what can I as an individual do? What can we as the group that I'm currently sitting and all the groups that I'm currently sitting, what can we do together? And it gives us that, as you say, it's that point in the calendar and the chance to reflect. Otherwise, we just get too busy to, with the day to day um, to really think about what we can be doing. And oftentimes um, women's campaigns and women's issues um, lead into a wider discussion around diversity, equality and inclusion. And that then starts to provide solutions for other, gosh, you know, women are not a minority group, but other um, uh, minority groups and, and um, to, for us to be more inclusive and, and hear the voices that, that we hear. Absolutely. Um, and we need to. We need to use all our platforms to raise up not just the one platform that we happen to be sitting on and we're talking about women today, but to talk about people um, from different racial backgrounds, people from different cultural backgrounds, people, people with different um, a, a better neurodiversity. We need to be thinking about all those, all the many different sorts of diversity and a lot of the tools that will work to help women have a better voice or um, a more equal voice in the workplace will help other groups have a more equal voice. So let's take the learning and, and share it. And that's one of the things that's been a real positive, I think, off the back of the pandemic was that so many meetings happened digitally um, and that really allows more diverse uh, voices to be heard around the table. And the etiquette of digital meetings helps people that um, you know, might struggle with their confidence to have their voice. These sorts of things are, are important for us to, I think, take forwards. I, I agree, absolutely. It's been really interesting to note over the last couple of years how many more different voices have been heard in meetings, um, whether it's the, the hands up function, so you can um, almost book your chance to speak. So people who are quietly slightly less willing to speak out in meetings will speak out on a on a digital call a virtual call but also the chat function um, I have several colleagues who who have just been amazing and what they put in the chat function I know in a meeting there wouldn't have been an opportunity to hear all that information or those ideas so it's made a huge difference to the value I think we get out of meetings and allowed us to hear a lot of those voices that would normally have been maybe not silent but much quieter in a in a physical meeting. Yeah, 100%. And I know as we're starting to get back to to physical meetings now, where there would be a third, if not a half female representation in meetings, I'm back down to being one or two um, in a meeting. So in a physical meeting. So just that is a really stark difference. And I think having campaigns like International Women's Day to make us reflect and take stock. And we think actually that we we need to we have the opportunity to hear a diverse range of voices by continuing to have parts of our work delivered digitally. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and that diversity is so valuable for any business. Yeah. Um, and I, that's that's something that I, I, I'm really keen to put forward. It's not it's about doing the right thing. Absolutely. But there's a massive business reason why you should be doing it as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and following on, how can we maximise the impact of these types of global campaigns across construction, do you think? 
So for me, I think it's about education, it's about mentoring and it's about advocacy. So, you know, as leaders, whether it's of a huge FTSE 100 company or a really small team, we've got a duty to our team to lead by example and to be open to new learning and to keep up to date with good practice. And we must actively champion, champion start again, we must actively champion the EDI agenda across all the, all characteristics, not yeah. just gender. Um, and make sure that our workplaces are open to anyone who has the necessary skills and experience. So it's really key, key that we have the right leaders that pick up on these campaigns and implement themselves personally um, to make that change. We've also got to be using these campaigns to, to encourage more people to be active mentors, so supporting people to develop their careers, providing constructive feedback, looking for opportunities. Um, it's it's mentoring is so important if you can't if you can't see people who are like you or you can't pe see people who are supporting people like you it's really difficult to move mm. forward with your career mm -hmm. um, and we also need to be advocates um, which is which is more than just mentoring it's using our own networks to yeah. I'm going to steal a phrase from um, Viv Groskop's book about women ambition and changing the story about lifting as you climb um, because as 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 we move on in our careers, we have a chance to help the, the next generation who's coming in after us. Mm -hmm. So actually positively advocating for people, um, which, which is more than, mess, more than just mentoring, putting yourself, actually putting your social capital out there to make sure that people get a chance to move on, that perhaps they wouldn't have done um, if there wasn't that advocacy. And we also need to talk about why it's important. And I sort of touched on this a little bit, why it's important for the business. So of course it's about tackling inequality and making sure that everybody has the same opportunities, but it's great business sense. Time and time again, research has shown that if we've got a diverse team, they're much better performing. And I know from personal experience that being in a team where we fill in each other's gaps, yeah, we're much more likely to be a high performing team. And when I and I sit around a table with people who just look and think like me, we get on really well. We agree wonderfully, but we make the same mistakes because we've got the same blind spots and the same points of view. So for a business to excel, we've got to have diversity embedded into the workforce. And these sort of campaigns really highlight that. Thank you. Um, this year's theme is breaking the bias and whether deliberate or unconscious, bias can um, make it difficult for women to move ahead. Are there places where you see bias more than others? I still find that most meetings I'm in are well below a 50-50 gender balance, um, but it gets much more stark as you move up the seniority tree, if you like. Mm -hmm. Most of the very senior roles, particularly in, in construction and built environment, are taken by men. It's getting much better. You know, you're you're a brilliant example yourself, mm -hmm. Anna. There are some fantastic examples of women in board positions in the sector. And it will take time for the amazing early career women that I see coming into the sector to work their way up into these senior positions. And we really need to make sure that they've got the support and the encouragement and the the flexibility in place so that they can do that so that we can get a, a senior um, strata, if you like, of construction, the built environment that is much more equal, much more diverse. And yeah. it'll be brilliant for the industry if we can do that. Yeah. And and oftentimes where you do see um, 
or, or when you speak sometimes to to men about working with senior women and they'll say oh yeah you know we've got we've we've got a woman on our board she's the finance director and she's the best finance director I've ever seen she's absolutely amazing and it's like well wouldn't it be awesome if you could be average and, and be there because it, it's not you do you often see that it, it, we to get equality we need to be to have oh I'm not explaining that very well at all no, 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 you are. That there is there is a feeling that you have to be better. Better to do the yes. same. And I don't I don't know. I'd love to see the statistics and see if that's really true. But you're right, you do often get you do often get that um comment that yes, we have a finance director and she's absolutely brilliant. But that might also be the men trying to be very positive about, you know, having having a a, a woman on the board. Wouldn't it be lovely if they didn't even mention that it was a woman? We've got a brilliant finance director. Oh, and a brilliant head of operations and um, a brilliant head of marketing. Oh, and two of the three of them happen to be women. That's what I would really like to get to, yeah. that they didn't even feel they needed to say there was a woman on the board because it was so obvious that we would have 50-50 or, or near 50-50. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, what has been your experience? Now, you've you've worked, you mentioned the city as well. Um, and working in construction. So you've worked in pretty traditionally male um, environments. And I would say the perception of both would be traditionally macho environments as well. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes. So I've 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 worked all my career in um, traditionally male dominated um, environments that some people might think are very macho, but I have been so lucky. I've had mm. some fantastically supportive colleagues, you know, men, women and non-binary. And I love working in diverse teams. As I said, they produce the best results. Um, when I started out, things were very different, very different. Um, and I was frequently asked about my marital status and whether I'd have children in interviews, the um, Yes. Engineering advertisers used to sell their products with naked women. It was very, very different environment, but I was treated with respect and yeah. um, I was lucky and I felt I had as good a chance as anyone else. Um, so for me, yes, they, they were very, very male dominated environments. In fact, where I currently sit is probably was definitely the most gender mixed, gender balance of my whole career. And I'm hoping that's because things are getting better, that um, that we are allowing these brilliant women who I can see coming up behind me. We're giving them fantastic chances to move into um, decision making roles in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what advice, um, Alexandra, would you give your younger self or what advice do you wish someone had told you? And, and well, would you have listened to it? Um, but um, <laughs> but what what would you like to to what advice would you give yourself when you were when you were starting out? So I think there are there are um, there are loads of things actually because I was so naive when I came out of of college. One one would be listen to your gut. If you feel something's not right or it is right, you're probably on the right track with that. Yeah. So so don't don't try and um, intellectualize it. Listen to your gut um, and then follow that. The other thing actually that I think is really important is that you don't have to be at all. Um, 
certainly for me, I felt I had to be able to do everything, everything brilliantly in work and out of work. And I soon realized that um, I wasn't superwoman and even superwoman wasn't going to be able, able to do it. That sometimes being good enough is absolutely good enough. And then there are some things that you might choose just not to do, not to tackle, not to be mm -hmm. part of. You don't have to be absolutely everything. That's almost back to that perception of, you know, the best finance director we've ever had. Um, you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be 150 percent all the time in every aspect of your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, and the other part of that is OK, it's OK to fail. There are some things you'll try that you think you might be great at and really don't work out for you for whatever reason. That's OK. Um, learn from it. Move yeah. on. They're all learning experiences, aren't they? That's the thing. Yeah. And I think we do have, um, and I don't know if it, it if it's a general female trait of, you know, being eager to please and um, wanting to always feel as though we've got to work harder and 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 be better to to deserve a place at that table. The the imposter syndrome. Um, but I know a lot of men feel imposter syndrome as well. Um, so, again, you know, talking about it and saying, well, I imagine everybody around this table feels a bit uncomfortable. So I'm 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 going to have the confidence to speak my truth. Yes, I think that's really important. And particularly in those in those mentoring roles, being really, really clear with people that actually, you know, perhaps my truth is that I I, I didn't feel comfortable in, in this role or doing this job or this piece of work. And this is how I managed it, um, that often often the most confident person in the room on the outside actually isn't feeling like that on the inside and that's okay um so so to speak to speak to speak about that to people to realize that actually when you're sitting in a room with some people who feel very confident very professional very proficient probably at least half of them are are, are slightly nervous mm -hmm. <laughs> um and are wondering you know am i going to be able to do this am i good enough to which the answer is yes Bring everything you can to the table and um, you'll absolutely be good enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and finally, at the end of each episode, I like to ask my guests what advice um, they would give to listeners about getting their homes zero carbon ready. Now, I know we're not talking about getting homes zero carbon ready today, so don't panic. Um, we're discussing breaking the bias during this series. What simple things do you think everyone can do to support and, and encourage diversity and inclusion? I think it's about speaking up and looking around you. So um, the speaking up sort of has two parts. One is don't be afraid to give your opinion in a meeting. Your voice is as important as anyone else's. Um, and it's only when we hear all those voices that we will find really good solutions. And we really do need some good solutions at the moment in, in, in our world. So. Mm -hmm speak up. Um, I've sat in meetings many times where I've not said something and then later down the line someone else has and it, everybody said oh yeah that was really great and I've been kicking myself under the table so you know I thought about that why didn't I say that so speak up mm -hmm. but there's also speaking up where you see ways of remo removing bias when you see things that aren't quite right um, it doesn't have to be in a in a in a negative challenging way but just just speak up and see what you can do to remove the bias that you see and the other piece is look around you how diverse is your workplace your industry your network how can you make sure that the opportunities that 
that, that you're able to create are open to everyone. People who are like you and people who are completely different from you, they should be open to everybody. And look at yourself as part of that. Are you aware of what your own biases are? And you probably are aware of some and not of others, but the way you speak, the way you act, ask yourself that question, not just once, but continuously, almost put a note in the diary, which is why these things are so important, as you said earlier, Anna. Put a note in the diary to just have a little bit of reflection. Am I doing everything I can? Am I making sure that that my workplace, my opportunities, and the way I way I interact with people is is as unbiased as it can be? We're all human beings. We all make mistakes, but we can all try and be better. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a really good point. We, we're all going to make mistakes, and it's about owning those and learning from them and and moving forward. Um, into a into a positive place. Uh, well, thank you again, Alexandra, for joining us as part of this International Women's Day celebration of women across construction. And thank you also to our listeners for choosing to listen to us today. Be sure to follow us across social media, searching for at the NHIC and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Podbean for future episodes. Thank you, Anna. It's been a pleasure.